Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bub in the Bloom, episode 93. Going to do our top 20 starting pitching rankings, going head to head, toe to toe, whatever you want to call it. My stomach against Ryan's, I don't know, but we're just going to do this. And we're going to talk a uh, holy Yamamoto in a minute as well, because that just happened about too soon. Um, but before we get there, you can find me on Twitter at the Podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod, and my co host, as always, on Twitter at Ryan BHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how are we doing? Good, good. Uh, better than you. Better than you. Yep, yep, the, Yama, yep. the Yamamoto news broke about five minutes before, maybe 10 minutes before we just hit record. So we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, really, really enjoyed the feedback. We heard back from a lot of you uh, folks out there about the draft and hold episode. Um, so thanks for that. I even had a few people, more than a few people reach out. I showed the... Um, kind of the draft and hold tracking spreadsheet that I use had a few people reach out asking for to grab a copy of that. And I'm happy, absolutely happy to do so. I want to help, uh, help you guys, especially if you're new to the format and that sort of thing. So happy to, uh, to give that to you guys. Just hit me up. The only thing we'd ask is in return, a, uh, just a quick rate and review of the podcast. It really does help. We, we try not to shill every single uh episode but um if you if you want a copy of the the spreadsheet uh absolutely just just leave a leave a five-star review and a written review if 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 possible on apple helps the show a ton and then uh helps you out as well so uh but again yeah really appreciate the feedback we got from a bunch of you guys on the draft and hold episode hopefully we see you guys in a uh draft champions league near you soon yep it was awesome to see. So I hope you guys, it seems like you guys enjoyed it. So that was great. We'll have some more stuff like that to come besides our normal positional stuff and bloom boards and all the others as well. But let's not beat around the bush anymore because the Dodgers let's, aren't let's go. Around. Let's cut straight to the heart. Because the straight Dodgers to Bubba's heart. Dodgers aren't beating around the bank. That's for darn sure. Given we don't know how much of the millions of dollars is deferred in this contract. But uh, yeah, Yamamoto is a Los Angeles Dodger, 12 years, over $300 million. He'll be 37 when the contract's over. So that's just a minor detail there. Him and him and uh, Otani can grow old together. But, um, yeah, 25-year-old Yamamoto joins Glass now and Otani in the rotation this year with Bobby Miller. Um, yeah, if you didn't think I hated the Dodgers already, yeah, good stuff. And it's just like I'm just kind of numb to it now. Just because you expect, I'm still expecting him to go sign, you know, like or go trade for Aaron Judge or something. Because nothing surprises me anymore. Like they'll just do something stupid. I'm, they're not going to do Aaron Judge, obviously, fictitiously speaking. But uh, nothing surprises me with the Dodgers anymore. It's just ridiculous. But <laughs> they haven't really won a World Series since 1988, so it's kind of funny. I, I, one of my, I don't know, favorite sayings. It sounds sounds weird, but like typically, whoever wins the off season doesn't win the World Series. Um, the, the Dodgers have absolutely won the off season. They've been the best team in baseball, at least a top two team in baseball. Regular the season last, team, regular season. Yep, team. exactly. The last, the last, <laughs> I don't know, five plus years in the regular season. Um, playoff baseball, we we mentioned this before. It is basically a coin flip, and to win the World Series, you have to win. I don't know how many series are now three or four, depending if you have a buy. Uh, three three or four coin flips in a row to win the World Series. So, um, yes, it makes the the mighty mightier. Uh, we'll talk about what it means for Yamamoto when we get to our top twenty. We both before the show uh, put Yamamoto in. I don't know where. At least I know I 
I know where I put them. I don't know where you put them, but uh, we 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 threw them in our top twenty at the at the, at the last mon- minute. I did not have him in because it was uh, kind of landing spot dependent. Yeah, but I think he is in now. It's interesting. I did look because I considered Yamamoto in the top twenty, um, but I I mean I looked at what, what do we have to go off? Uh, I just looked at the projections. Steamer has Yamamoto projected for a three eighty four ERA, and in the forecaster we have. Yamamoto projected for a 348 ERA, 117 whip, and a 25% strikeout rate. Like, not top 20 material, but Dodgers helps, yep. and he, he makes it in for me now. 15-plus wins coming his direction now. Exactly. It changes a lot of things in the Yamamoto world. Yep. Also, uh, something that's not discussed much because you don't like to use these people's names very often, I'm guessing this means Julio Urias ain't coming back anytime soon. Because that thing's kind of been hush hushed for a while. Like the latest we saw is the investigation was over, yeah. and uh, it's the second time. Like I hope he doesn't come back. I said that the second he got busted for it. Um, but the fact, like the Dodgers would have been aggressive regardless. But the fact they were this aggressive, I think to get three like ace starting pitchers speaks, and that for long term deals, kind of speaks to the fact that hey, we gonna have this rotation for a little while. So just a little extra thing on top there because like we're in a DC right now in like round forty seven or forty eight, and he's still out there. Like no one has drafted him yet, yeah. so I just yep. I just want to throw that out there. Probably a smart move at this point. And I guess like Bobby Miller's the fourth, which is insane. And is Emmett, insane. maybe Emmett Sheehan or well, you could rotate the young know. pitchers now. They, they have any yeah, issues. Stone, you could have Stone, Ryan Yarborough yeah. back there for all we know. My man, yeah. I'm my, I'm my post ADP 500 team. Yep, yep. It's just. Dodgers good at Dodgers. I'm going to root for the guys I like, but I'm going to hope they end with an L most nights. That's all I care about. It is kind of funny watching the Dodgers on, on the left coast spend all this money. You have the Braves on the east coast there, like getting all these trades just to like clear up roster spots. And I think everyone thinks they're going to be spending money, but a they've already signed everybody for so they've cheap. Already for locked so long. everyone up. Yep. it's like two different philosophies on just world domination on uh, the National League. It's pretty That's pretty good point. Didn't really think about that, but yeah, that makes sense. Two different ways to, like they say, there's there's lots of ways, you know, make the sausage and stuff like that. Well, they're they're proving it in baseball terms right now. Pretty, yep. pretty interesting stuff. But yeah, we both moved Yamamoto in. We'll talk about that uh, before we get into our top twenty. It was a fun kind of exercise last year because Ryan he could have seen mine on my Substack, and I've changed them a bit since that got p- published a few weeks ago. But uh, I have not seen his at all. One hundred percent. He said he has not seen mine. So going into this, what were some of your thoughts when you finished making your top 20? Because I think we share a similar thought for one thing. So, yeah, I I mean, this is what I did last year. And this is what I generally do every year. On For starting pitchers, I do like to go through every single starting pitcher and do projections myself manually. I, I lean on projection systems on the hitting side. I feel like projection systems... Are, are very good about accounting for regression and, and, and capturing at least per plate appearance skills for hitters. I don't think I can beat that. I may not be able to beat it on the pitcher side. I just feel like I've made this point a few times throughout the show, uh, previous shows, but like, I feel like projection systems in general can be slow to adapt to things like pitch mix changes, uh, velocity changes, that sort of thing. 
uh, pitchers can can adapt and change themselves very quickly. I think quicker than a projection system might be able to uh, project that's using like a three-year weighted average. So I basically look through every starting pitcher. I look at what they did last year. I look up their forecaster blurb. It's the first thing I do. I look up the underlying skills that we have in the forecaster, look to see if there were any pitch mix changes or if any kind of skill changes. And I go through and I project an innings total, ERA, whip, strikeout, and wins. I project wins as well. Um, and the rankings kind of, that sorts itself out. So that's how I do it. And how whatever the number comes out to, um, that's where they're ranked in my, in my I don't want to say my system, but in my process. So yeah. it's very manual, but it's also, I'd say, very methodical. I'm not like pitting one pitcher against another. I'm just doing their projection in a vacuum. Whatever it comes out to, that's where they're at. Seems so simple, folks. Seems so simple. Um, it's yeah. time. I know it does. It does. I mean, sarcastic, very sarcastic there, but um, definitely. I know you're a little, you're a little on tilt tonight. I, 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 if you get a little snarky, that just my whole head stuffed up from some sinus deal. It's just a, it's a great night. Great night for the Dodgers to to do some stuff. This is good. But um, yeah, no, I'm a little different. Of course, we talked about this many times, notepads out, all kinds of stuff like that. And um, I kind of, I use projections. I use ADP. I use finishing spots from last year. And then I just kind of, it's not biases as much as um, like I, like I'll, I'll decide the deciding factors. Let's put it that way. I don't just put it into a, a spreadsheet. So, yep. and that's where I wanted to go with this is something we talked about kind of beforehand. There are so many pitchers, like even list earlier today, kind of altering things a bit. You could argue for X amount of guys to have the same ranking because there there's really once you get to a certain spot, even in the top twenty, there's a lot of similarities, and it's kind of what do you want? Do you want strikeouts? Do you want to? a better, you know, ERA whip? Do you want maybe more wins? What, what are you looking for? And that's a question you usually have later in drafts, and you could actually start doing that earlier in drafts this year. So it's a it's a bit different, but um, that's the landscape we have. Yep, uh, absolutely. And there's a big difference. There can be, like, I think the gap, well, I won't name names yet, but I think there there are major gaps. There are certain pitchers, like, from, for me, from rank, like, 7 through, I don't know, 14, 13 almost interchangeable whereas like six to seven i think there's a a gap um so that's the inherent like issue with just straight up rankings we'll try and at least i'll try and on on my on my side try and kind of let you all know where i think there's a big tier drop off and where some guys are interchangeable in terms of a ranking um as always context is needed whenever you're throwing out a list of rankings as you know bubba as you've been yeah. posting them on your uh, sub stack at each position this it's draft fun. season. People like don't even read the context in it and start asking questions. Like, can you just read like the three brief paragraphs above it? You'll, and then I get the, Oh, that's right. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's why we're talking it out tonight. Yep. This is why I like, this is why I like the podcast. Cause you can talk these things out. It's so much exactly. easier than just throwing it out there to the world to digest themselves. Uh, so let's get at it. Let's have some fun. Ryan, who is your number one fantasy starting pitcher for 20? Oh, you got, you got like a spreadsheet. Look at this. Look at this. No, I I just, we'll do a little live for the, for the YouTubers and the live stream folks. We will do a a little, you know, everything's got to be a board. Everything's got to be a board in my, in my world. So we'll do a little live uh, tracking of who our top 20 is. Well, who's your number one. I'm curious to see here. Cause I think we're on the same page. Uh, I mean, it's Spencer Strider for me. It's not close at all i think the question i think the gap between strider and number two 
is considerable. I think the question it's more, it's more the question's not who's their number one starter. It's like, how early do you take Spencer Strider? Because on, on draft day, you're comparing him to like a Freddie Freeman, um, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, like that type of hitter. You're going to go that route or are you going to go Spencer Strider? I think that's kind of the key question you need to, uh, think about but the uh separation that i have uh from strider mainly in strikeouts but also in wins in atlanta um the durability questions that that we had entering 2023 i think were answered pretty firmly by strider by his performance last year and there's really I mean, for for a starting pitcher, this can all go wrong at some point. But I don't see uh, I don't see how Spencer Strider is not the number one pitcher. Yeah, he's my number one as well. We talked about it after Tuesday's show that that'd be one of my adjustments I would make. The more I've you know done drafting, the more I've looked into things. That strikeout gap is tremendous. Uh, when I first made my rankings, I had Cole first. I'll be honest, but uh, that was more of a kind of I think Cole potentially was safer, but. Because the way Strider finished 2023 was a bit concerning, where that could just be getting to those innings, which now he's gotten to type thing. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But um, what he did for, like, let's say two thirds of the season was next level Pedro Martinez type stuff. And uh, that's a clear number one in my book. You willing to go top 10 pick for Strider? I have already inserted in a draft, yes. I think it was a gladiator. Maybe I took probably him in one that we're in together. Yeah, I, I, ta- I, I know I've, I know I've taken him drafts. first. I've taken him first round for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, my number two is Garrett Cole with hesitation, but it is still Garrett Cole. It's interesting for Garrett Cole coming off of his first Cy Young, coming off of 200 plus innings for the second year in a row, coming off 220 plus strikeouts in each of the last four full seasons. Um, and again, he is my number two pitcher. Some chinks in the armor, man. The the swinging strike dropped from 15% last year down to 12 and a half. He lost a full mile an hour on the fastball. The K rate was down five points. Um, the 263 ERA that Cole posted on the surface, HQ had a 360 expected ERA. Um, I don't think this is the, the Garrett Cole that we've seen the last couple of years. But I just I do think the the volume that he gives you and he's still a really good pitcher and the track record like this is just a horse. And despite the um, the fact that I don't think this is Pete Cole, I still think a non Pete Cole is uh, is good enough for second overall. Yep. Garrett Cole's my number two as well. The biggest factor you hit on it is the um, just the workhorse ability back to back 200 inning seasons. He's gone 200 or more and. Basically, five of his last six full seasons, six of his last eight. That's pretty impressive. 180 or more in six straight. Like the dude's just a beast out there. It'd be nice to see the strikeouts come back. But at the same time, he's on a Yankees team that uh, should be better this year, you'd hope, which could help in the win department. Ratio should still be pretty good when it comes to Garrett Cole. Um, the other caveat, if you want to play devil's advocate, which someone brought up to me before, he's going to be 34, so he's starting to slowly get older. But how is it really how old is he that's the question like is is it is that too old in pitching terms or not the way he pitches he he can be like a nolan ryan charlie morton type but the way he throws and just kind of go forever the pitching wise so I, I think he's still my number two just for that uh, workhorse mentality and the ability like if he somehow takes that that strikeout rate back up he's going to be 
well worth every potential first round pick you get. Yep. Yep. Agreed. I, I don't think that will happen, but I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm curious who your third is because I think we're on the same one here and I could see, I could understand the argument to have him second. Um, Zach Wheeler. Yep. You got Wheeler third. Yeah. We'll start differentiating pretty soon folks that the top like couple are pretty obvious and then it gets real murky. Um, Zach Wheeler kind of switched things up in 2023 introduced a sweeper that uh that got a ton of whiffs was actually his highest whiff pitch and was a great complement to a four seam fastball that also missed a ton a ton of bats zach wheeler also getting up there like cole he's i think one year older than garrett cole but look at the last three years of what zach wheeler has done um pitched even better in the second half of 2023 i think the uh combination of skill and volume and on a on a on a good team makes Wheeler uh, a fine pick at three, even two. If, if yep. uh, I could see it, that's what I say. I almost thought you were going to go at two with him. To me, he's he's our Woodruff this year. Like he's the guy where we could see taking the big jump that we were all in on last year. Um, Wheeler is that good. I've tried. He's been a focus of mine in a lot of drafts. From the back end of drafts, it's a decision I've had to make. Do I want to get Wheeler or do I want to? not get a pitcher in the first two rounds type thing. That That's a decision. So I think Wheeler is that good. I think Wheeler could overtake Cole if he brings it again this season. So yeah, Zach Wheeler would be my number three. Uh, Wheeler is the number four pitcher by ADP. Yeah, that's wrong. But uh, number three is fine. It's Shohei Otani's third, so I can cross that one off. But we, uh, Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, the, the, no, the, guy, that's, yeah, the guy that's number three is yeah, not my number. No. Yeah. we'll talk about him in a minute <laughs> so uh that that brings the fun part now it's gonna slowly i think we might have the same number four actually Who's your number four? <laughs> now i think about it we might still have the same as we as we hype this as a battle between our top 20 uh it will the, the, the back half of this draft will get fun this is more like a freaking pillow fight Who's your four, four is who the hell is my number four luis castillo no awesome oh, we differentiate already here we go uh-huh. Uh, game on okay here we go Kevin Gossman Kevin Gossman I just think I think I think what sets Gossman apart from Castillo and I have Castillo next uh, just kind of foreshadowing that is better I think better win potential on on Toronto than Seattle and I think the track record yes Castillo struck out 219 guys last year but uh the track record of K's for Kevin Gossman is is really damn good. 237 K's last year, 200 plus each of the previous two years. Um, I just there was a slight dip in the second half, but I think we're nitpicking. I think Gossman, especially with the innings totals, 192, 175, 185, the last three seasons. Like he's he's a horse. He's on a. I, I think Toronto's lineup will be better than what we saw in 2023 and uh outside of that like almost won the Cy Young this year and I think he'll be in contention again yep he's very good I'll be talking about him shortly but Luis Castillo is my number four and uh I'm just I've always loved Castillo we were all excited when he got traded to Seattle it's been nothing short of outstanding 
in Seattle. The, the, the whip was always a concern in Castillo's career. This was 1-1-1 and then 1-0-8, I believe, last season. So uh, he, he's definitely locked that statistic in, which is one people always pinpointed as an issue, or it was 1-0-8, then 1-10 last year. Still very good. Um, ERA ratios are great. Strikeouts you mentioned grabbed 197 innings last year, which I think is tremendous. Mm-hmm. He was a legit guy you could just throw out there no matter who he was facing. He, I remember he was in matchups against Shohei. He was in matchups against the Rangers. It didn't matter. He was the ace on the mound. I don't see that changing at all. The other reason I really, really like Castillo, you know, if we have to like grasp at straws, he's a little younger than these other guys. He's 31, going to be 32. Still older than I think most would expect if you asked how old Luis Castillo was. He's been around for a bit, but uh, I absolutely love him. And it is grasping at straws between Castillo and Gossman because Gossman is my number five. So, yes. Okay. So I've got, yeah, I've got Castillo five. You've got Gossman five. Um, yeah. For me, these guys are in the same tier. Only thing I'll add on Castillo is just like a weird, like he's different. He's a different pitcher than what we thought, or what we saw a couple years ago. With Cincinnati he used to have that like amazing changeup that was pretty much his, his bread and butter. Castillo threw it only 16% of the time last year and basically replaced that in recent years with a slider and more four seamers. Um, used to be a big ground ball guy. And in in Cincinnati, right, that helps uh, with with the homers. The infield defense wasn't that great, but uh, but still, uh, ground ball rate the last three years from Castillo has gone from fifty seven uh, two years ago to forty seven percent last year to thirty nine percent. So he's almost more of like a fly ball pitcher now. Using the ballpark, but he's exactly he's he's probably pitching to the park. Um, the Seattle, I mean, I, I agree, Bubba. The Seattle version of Luis Castillo for the last season and a half has been. It's been pretty, pretty good. So, yeah, yeah. you got anything to add on Gossman on what I talked about, or not really? Like, I was just I pulled up his page to glance at it again. Very similar. Like, even look at innings pitch between these guys. He's got more strikeout upside, but maybe you know they're they're very very similar. Honestly, it depends on wh- where you want to go. Gossman definitely has the strikeout upside. Castillo uh, might have the better ratios, but not by much. So, yeah, if you want to pick divisions. I'll take the West first day at least, but they're very, like he's the same tier. I can't, I can't argue this either way. Yep. All right. Number six. This is where I know I'll differ from you. Uh, going Pablo Lopez. Oh, (laughs) going Pablo Lopez. And maybe I'm the Pablo Lopez guy this year. Um, I don't know, but like the last two seasons, Pablo Lopez have been really, really good. The 2023 version of Pablo Lopez debuted this new sweeper that he threw 21% of the time. He's now got three pitches that he throws over 20% of the time. They all miss bats at over 16% swinging strike rate, which translation is, is really good. And I've talked about the admittedly bizarre injury history with Pablo Lopez. And that's still like in the back of my mind. Um, But the last two seasons, 180 innings, 194 innings in 2023. That's good for 11th most out of any starting pitcher the last two seasons. And so, like, yes, the shoulder thing is still kind of there, but, like, the dude's been healthy and and volume and the volume's been there each of the last two seasons. And the skills are right up there, I think, with Gossman, Castillo, and Wheeler. Uh, the volume has been the last two two seasons as well. So Lopez, for me, is not only sixth, but I think he's in this tier of Cole Wheeler, Gossman, Castillo. Like I could throw Lopez as high as three 
and I, I would be fine drafting him there. I have a lot of Pablo Lopez already in early drafts, which I don't like because I don't want to have like every team with him. But um, I really believe in what we saw last year from from Lopez and what we'll see in 24. Yeah, I, I I like Lopez. You definitely like him a lot more than me. So I was waiting for that one. We kind of joked about it on Tuesday when you tweet out your top six in alphabetical order. We all I, I kind of knew where Lopez was landing in that mix. So I was looking forward to seeing how this one played out. We'll get to Lopez a little later in mine. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, Much later or a little later? A few more picks from now. Yeah. Um, this next guy was tough for me because, like I always say with rankings, there's some guys I love to just rank like 20 spots lower just to basically show I don't want to draft these guys. I don't want these guys. But you still have to draft them like not close but close enough type thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And my number six is Corbin Burns. And it's only for the fact that if he gets right, he showed signs of being that really good guy. But just watching him pitch last year, the end numbers were were, were solid in the end, 193 innings, you know, 3-3 ER, or 3-3-9 ERA, the the – xfips and xeras they supported most of that you know batting average against was great the whip was great the numbers looked very good but the strikeout rate plummeted he was a much different pitcher if you watched him start to start like one thing i like to think of is in dfs like he used to always be the expensive guy he rarely ever paid off because he would get you a quality start per se but he wasn't dominating like these top tier pitchers do and that's where he moves down this list for me like he's still very good but he's more of a George Kirby, more of a Zach Gallon type guy for me that than these elite guys like he was going into last draft season. I could be totally wrong. He could show up because, you know, it's contract. He wants to get traded, all that kind of good stuff. We'll see. But right now I got Corbin Burns sixth. He was a do not draft for me last year. Probably won't be a draft for me again this year. I just I just put him in at seven. So um, the only thing I'll add, I would have had Burns lower. But the, yeah, the, too. Yeah. the more I looked into Burns, um, he did rebound in the second half. So here's his, you, you mentioned the Ks were down, Bubba. Um, Burns' strikeout rate by month last year, the first three months, April, May, June, was 21, 25, and 23%. Like legitimately league average, which for Corbin Burns is terrible. Um, those numbers went to 32% in July, 24% in August, and 30% in September. So the K's came back second half of the season. And to me, that's a really good sign. I'm big on, I am, I'm huge on how, you know, what have you done for me lately? And how did you, how did you finish the season? If you're a starting pitcher and Burns, at least I think redeemed himself, not totally redeemed yourself, but somewhat redeemed himself with that second half performance. So I've got him seventh, but again, to what you were saying too, Bubba, like, Burns is the number three starting pitcher by ADP. I doubt I will have much Corbin Burns because I have uh, the guys we talked about ahead yeah. of him. I take all just be available. Have, obviously. Yeah, I take all these guys obviously. So would you? That's kind of why we rank them these ways. So yeah. highly, highly unlikely Burns. I highly unlikely we're in a draft where all these other guys go ahead of Corbin Burns. So it's just the, yep. the way yep. of the world. My number seven, and I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> just because you love him so much, might be your number eight. We'll see. George Kirby. I have George Kirby at number seven. Um, is he your number eight? Because I won't steal your thunder this time. He Just is. No, but go okay. for it. Go for okay. it. Okay. Um, and you probably have better stuff than me, but we've talked about him a lot on the review pod. The dude is just a whip machine. And I know I've said whip a few times on this show, but it's a category that's not talked about enough. It was a massive hole in my game for a long time. And it still can be. If you look at some of my drafts, like there's a point where pitching sucks so much. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to punt whip and hope these guys figure it out this year. Like it sucks, but that's just the reality of the situation. 
Kirby is a beast. Uh, he's an accumulator, though. I made the comparison on the review show that he's like the Sandy Alcantara of this type of draft. That scares the crap out of me. I'm very aware of that. At the same time, Kirby's extremely young. He's incorporating new pitches into his mix. Like he's, he's becoming a different, more developed pitcher, which is an amazing sign. As Ryan said about Burns, Kirby kept finishing stronger and stronger as the season went on, and that keeps him high on my board. I've got a few shares already this year. Um, I, I'll trust him. He's my number seven. And honestly, in certain drafts, if I probably take him over Burns. Burns won't be there, but uh, Kirby is my number seven. Yeah. Um, I think we're both sticking our neck out a little bit for him, but so be it. And that's why we do these rankings. That's why it's that's why it's fun. You mentioned the the pitch mix change. I mentioned this a few times in previous shows, but he but Kirby did throw that that new split finger more often in season, and it worked. But then it kind of didn't. So the strikeout rate for George Kirby, his year long strikeout rate last year was twenty three percent, which is like the problem with George Kirby. Like 23% is, it's fine. But if you're going to have an SP one, you want more strikeouts than that. And I think what we're both banking on is, is the, what was it? The second half, 25% K rate. Like we're, we're, we're banking on the split finger, having at least just a little bit more help with the K's. And then you, you put that whip on top of it across 200 innings, which seems reasonable for George Kirby, given what we've seen so far. Um, Maybe 190, I shouldn't say 200 is reasonable. 200 is really hard this, in 2023. But very um, he's the seventh ADP off the board right now. Yeah. So we're not, yeah. we're not sticking yeah. our neck out that far. I guess, yeah, I guess we're yeah, not. He's right there. <laughs> but no, you make a great point about whip. I mean, the last thing I'll add with Kirby is that you do need to follow that up with a high strikeout guy. Uh, we'll call those guys out as we I go love in the top 20. But I yeah. love the Strider Kirby combo. If you can pull that off, that's yep. like, that's like the perfect storm. If you can do that, I, that's just you're giddy in so many ways. Even Gossman Kirby, because Gossman strikes out so many. I'd be cool with that. Cole Kirby. If, yeah, but if you can somehow do Strider Kirby, whew, <laughs> that that that's a that's a ratio strikeout. I mean, beautiful Str- situation. Strider Strider anyone. Yeah, but you throw that guy with another another elite yeah. ratio with that many innings we talked about before, like that many innings of good ratio just is so much of a difference maker, just like the same point if it's bad ratio so that many innings. So you put those two combined, probably going for at least, let's just be generous, 180 each, probably closer to 200 each, and what they can do, you could do a lot of things with your staff after that, a lot of things, and yeah. it's pretty nice. The thing is, if you do that – you, it's probably your third round pick on Kirby because if you get Strider, yeah. you're probably like eighth or ninth pick, 100%. somewhere like that in a 15 teamer. And yeah, I don't think Kirby. Kirby's coming back to you in the fourth. No, round, Kirby's so. a 37 ADP. He's gone as uh, he's gone as high as 30, as low as 45 over the last month. Okay. So, so yeah, he'd, he'd be your third round pick. Or, but it makes sense if you take Strider. Say you take Strider in the top five, you get Kirby back in round three. It's that's feasible. It's very mm-hmm. doable. Yep. So it's it's a strategy. There's many of them. Uh, my number eight is Zach Gallon. If any of these guys are your next round pick, let me know because I'm, I'm I don't want to talk all the time. So um, I have Zach Gallon at number eight, and I'm always feel like I'm higher on Zach Gallon than most. He got the Cy Young last year. He's obviously higher this year because uh, of that. He's the eighth off the board, ADP of forty, and I just moved him up today, so it wasn't intentional to have him there. I just love everything about Zach Gallon. Um, one thing a couple of years ago, you mentioned, you know, the numbers weren't great, but he threw the most innings in the second half. He got healthy. We saw him throw 184 innings uh, two years ago, 210 this past year, plus the postseason. That'd be my only concern is those postseason innings that we see that kind of hamper guys at times the next year. We'll wait and see there. But then again, Gallon's going to be 28. He's super, super young. 
strikeout stuffs their ratios aren't bad they're not as elite as some of these other guys they're still pretty pretty good so i, I just love me some zach gallon yeah i've got him nine <laughs> of course damn See, man pablo lopez just screwed it all up <laughs> um he's a tier so if i'm tiering this kirby and gallon are a tier below for me Burns, Lopez, Castillo, Gossman, Wheeler, Cole. So this is, uh, I do think this is somewhat interchangeable with a few of the guys that are going next. Um, Zach Gallen, like, I mean, he had 350 ERA last year and the HQ expected ERA was right there too. Like this isn't a, I don't think this is a low threes ERA guy. No, um, not. That's my concern. And he needed, he did get, he did throw those 210 innings last year with 17 wins to get strikeouts and rotisserie value because I mean, that's good. What are the odds of both of those repeating next year? Like, I don't think it's that great. So like, I feel like even though I have gallon as my number nine pitcher, I still feel like I'm kind of low on him compared to the market. Uh, Cause I don't think we're going to get a repeat of what we saw last year. I could be wrong, but um, I don't see it. Now we get to start rocking the boat compared to ADP. And um, obviously this can vary. And this guy's like roughly the 16th or 17th pitcher off the board right now. But we are going with the one, the only, Bubba the Bloom favorite, Frederick Peralta is my number. All one. right. There we go. Nice. Freddy Peralta. This is like we start planting flags. You had Pablo Lopez planting a flag. Peralta, and trust me, I was tempted to keep moving with Freddie. Like, but then I sit back and I'm like, okay, let's be real. Just for a let's second. Go. We haven't seen the longevity his whole career. Let's just calm it down. Got up to 165 last year, though, which is very nice. We could hopefully see a bump there. But every like if you guys listen to our show enough, you know how we feel about him. Ratios were great last year. Strikeout stuff was insane. Finished with a 30.9% K rate. But what was the big factor is the second half. The second half was next level. So many bloom boards with it. You know, 470 area in the first half, 281 in the second half. That's different, but the the good stuff, the the really, really good stuff in the first and second half. Um, where is it on here? I'm trying to find the, the set. There it is. There it is. K to walk. Okay. Uh, second half, 30.6% K to walk. So you had a 36.3% K rate and a 5.6% walk rate. Even the indicators, 254 XFIP in the second half. He had a whip of 0.88 in the second half of the season. Uh, Freddie Pro, and some people say, well, the second half was smaller than the first half because, you know, games played. He still threw 73 innings in the second half of the season. He still got it done pretty good. So, Love me, Frederick Peralta. We've talked about him plenty of times on this show. He's my number nine, and he's a guy that I would love to. If you want to, if you want to get sneaky, a Kirby Peralta combo could be fun too. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have Peralta thirteenth, and you know I love me some Peralta. That thirty percent, that thirty percent K rate in the second half. I think that was the best in baseball of any of any pitcher. According to yes, the first pitch Arizona favorite right there. The case against Peralta are these. Three numbers, 144, 78, and 166. That's his innings pitch the last three seasons. Um, Not to say, you know, who knows what that next number will be. These are starting pitchers. We have no freaking clue. But that's that's the risk in in using your SP1 on a guy who, yes, was great in the second half. Yes, not only was great, was one of the best pitchers in baseball in the second half, but it was like less than 80 innings. 
Um, so you're, you're kind of, you're going out on a limb banking on that second half repeating in for all of 2024 at this price, not saying it won't. I'm just saying that's the, that's the downside to Freddie Peralta at this, uh, at this stage of the draft. hundred percent. It's a, de- a definite risk, uh, but he's my number nine. Who is your number 10? Now we get the, you get the floor. The floor is yours. We're back. God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh, tell me it's the guy I put 10 because it'll be everything you just said about Peralta's downside. Tell me it's him. All right. Because I type it in. No, it's my nemesis. It's Aaron oh, Nola. Okay. He's my, my nemesis. He's my 11. It's Aaron Nola. Um, I just, he's a better pitcher than what we saw last year with a 446 ERA. He's, he's a better pitcher than that. The, the, the home run. So when I look at, uh, what I call luck factors for starting pitchers. People don't like the word luck. Uh, maybe, and and there is nuance to it. But homer to fly ball rate for Aaron Nola was 16% last year, well above league average. That tends to regress back to MLB average of like 10, 11%, which is what he threw in 2022, Aaron Nola. And the strand rate was really low, 66%. Your league average on that is 72%. So more often, base runners that Aaron Nola allowed to get on base more often they were scoring than in previous years. And thus the 446 ERA Aaron Nola had a 115 whip. Aaron Nola had 202 strikeouts and Aaron Nola threw 194 innings last year in a, in a quote unquote down season. Those are some pretty damn good numbers. And I'm banking on the home run, um, the, the gopheritis subsiding in 2024, the volume continuing to be what it's been. Aaron Nola, 200-plus strikeouts each of the last four full seasons. He's a volume machine. Yes, the ERA might be a little bit elevated, but the whip's going to be there. The Ks are going to be there. I think the wins are going to be there on a good team. Um, I kind of almost, like, as I'm talking about Aaron Nola, this isn't good. This isn't good. Like, I can move him above Gallon or Kirby at this point. Uh And that's uh, that's how I hate myself in May and June. So here we go. I have a handful of Aaron Nola shares already, so I understand. I, I'm right back. I'm with you. He's my 11th. If you want to put him there, I, I don't need to add on to that. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with pretty much the good, the bad, the ugly you mentioned on all of that right there. My number 10, this goes with your Freddie Peralta thing, and it's a conversation I've had with you, I've had with others. Mike Kerwin is one of the biggest fanboys of Tyler Glass now this season. Um, going to the Dodgers put him at number 10 for me. The reason I have Glass now at 10 is oh. a con- it is a complete risk-reward situation, 100% acknowledging this. He had 120 innings last year, career high. We don't have to, like, sugarcoat this. That's after 6.2. That's after 88, 57, so on and so forth. Very clearly, career highs. But when healthy, that's a big – you can all caps that if you like. When healthy, the dude was Spencer Strider in the second half, and Spencer Strider wasn't Spencer Strider. Like, he is that kind of elite pitcher. Strikeout stuff's great. The, uh, the new pitch arsenal he's put together over the last year or so is outstanding. Going to L.A., not being the ace is another plus, obviously, the way we talked about Yamamoto. Why wouldn't Glass now be that? And maybe Yamamoto's better than Glass now. I haven't seen Yamamoto. We'll talk about that when we get to him. That's the biggest problem I have with Yamamoto. He could be a top-five guy. I have no clue. Glass now I've at least seen. I think if you can get 150 innings out of Glass now, he's a top-ten pitcher. I believe that. It's kind of that discussion we've had about, like, um, Jacob DeGrom last year, how many innings, and people say, like, give me 115, 120. Like people were cool with that. Give me 150 to 160 a glass now. I think you get a top 10 pitcher. I really do. So, um, have I drafted much tighter glass now? No, but 
Do I believe if you want to like the risk reward and maybe an overall contest? Sure. And right now, Glass now is the, the tenth pitcher off the board according to ADP with an ADP of forty four. So uh, that's my argument for Tyler Glass now. Ryan is shaking his head profusely. Must not even be in his top twenty. No oh, man, I mean he he barely made it. He's my eighteenth. Nah, like, we're having fun against my better judgment. He's in my top twenty. I just can't. I, you said that that I I I blacked out after you said uh, risk reward. No, after you said career high one hundred twenty innings, I blacked yeah. out. So yeah, it's fair. I just you I cannot have a starting pitcher that I take as my my first or second pitcher in the top four rounds with the injury history that Tyler Glass now has. Clint, and who knows, oh, like, so okay. yes, on a per-inning basis, like, maybe, but we haven't seen Tyler Glass now hold up. What is What do innings 120 through 160 look like next year? Is there going to be any kind of wear mind. down? It's not going to happen anyway, but is there, is there any type of wear down that's going to happen if he miraculously stays healthy? So uh, I get the per-inning argument, but, like, the dude has to throw more than – 120 innings in a season. I mean, he's 30 years old, man. He's 30 years old. Yeah, hey, I'm not an ageist here. I'm not going to start age shaming, but uh, Tyler Glass now is legit. Just got to stay on the field. And I, I fully acknowledge that. Fully acknowledge that. Damn. And if you were a Dodger fan, he'd be like six then because you're, you yep. Know. Yep. I had him here before he got traded. Well, I had him like at 14 or something before he got traded. So I moved him up to 10. All right. All right. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it, but That's I'll accept enough. it. Fair enough. Who's your 11? Since mine's Nola. Uh, yeah, like I said, I blacked out after you uh, talking about glass now there. Um, I'm going to go Blake Snell. Hey, real quick, real quick. Before, before you go, we have a glass now comment in the chat. Uh, Randy says, I agree with Bubba on everything he said about glass now. His current ADP is just too risky for me to take that shot. I agree with you 100%. But if you want to take the risk, that's where you got to take him. That's where he's worth it. Yep. 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 Great comment, Randy. Fully agree with you. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Blake Snell at 11. I I mean, just no, like he's, there's no way a 225 ERA is going to repeat. Innings argument all over again. What's that? And you can go the innings argument all over again. Yeah. Consistence. Yeah. I mean, he threw, unlike your boy. He threw 180. Oh, he's my boy now. Unlike he's my your boy, boy Glass now. At least give me Freddie as my boy, at least at like 160. Give me that one. I at least went on the, the march for him, too. I didn't turn my back on him. You can have more than one boy, Freddie. Glass <laughs> uh, unlike Glass now, Snell actually threw 180 innings last year. Um, I just love the, the, the strikeouts. And no, he's not going to return a 225 ERA again. But I think he could go like. 330, 350. Um, I think there is something mildly to that walk rate that it's, it, it is high. It's very high, but a lot of that is by design. He just does not give in the pitch mix for Blake Snell. Um, one of your other boys, um, Simeone, non-player. Okay, where we go? How many goddamn players do I have here? <laughs> Simeon tweeted out that Blake Snell is uh, had three pitches with a twenty percent swinging strike last year. His curveball, changeup, and slider. Um, he's the only pitcher in baseball to be able to do that. And um, I just think the arsenal's there. That the strikeouts are going to be there. There are issues with Snell pitching deep into games. I get that because of the walk rate, but uh, I think it's good enough to go eleven for me. Yeah, that's fair. Very fair. It may change. Well, it will. 
probably change depending I've on moved, what he signs. But. I've moved Snell around a lot. He's a tough one for me to fully grasp. So I had shares of him, though. Uh, Aaron Knoll is my 11, so who's your 12? Uh, Framber Valdez. Now we're getting fun here. Framber Valdez. He barely made my top 20. I've got Framber. Um, 200 innings each of the last two seasons. That was a long pause, by the way. Like you were trying to convince yourself again. 200 (laughs) innings each of the last two seasons. His, His middle name is actually Quality Start. That's fair. That's good. So um, you've got that. He's on a great team. I do see the second half fade, and that is a little bit worrisome. Um, that that somewhat goes against what uh, I was saying earlier about, I don't know, whoever the hell I was talking about. But Framber Valdez actually came back in September. It wasn't really a second half fade. It was a July and August fade. Um 28% strikeout rate for Fram- Framber Valdez in the second or in, in September. The whiffs came back and he's just a ground ball machine. He throws innings like I just think that combination of and he gets wins. Like he only I guess he only had 12 last year, but 17 the year before. I think that uh in in the categories that aren't as like appreciated, I think Valdez kind of shine so um i'm going i'm going for amber despite the second half fade i think uh i i, I feel pretty good about that i like Framber. i'll talk about him towards the end of the show um number 12 for me is pablo lopez so now we, we got pablo off the board on my Ooh. side i agree with a lot of the things you said uh my biggest concern here and again to teach their own like you mentioned the strikeout games well they there was a gap between uh, 21, 22, and 23. 22, it dropped back to like 23.6% compared to the 27. If we just get that drop again, he's not a top five, six guy. That's the only difference because we're talking about stuff that's so close with these this grouping here. So for me, it's just that little thing. You, you, we talk consistency. Okay, two out of three years is good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I, I, just, I, I don't know. With Pablo, he's really good. We saw the 184 innings. We saw 190 innings. That's awesome. Um I need to see the strikeouts like consistently to move him up. Cause honestly, if he were to do the strikeouts consistently, he's Luis Castillo. And that's kind of where you're at. Damn I, right. I, he I, is. I completely agree with you there. I, I, I completely agree. So that's why I'm saying the, the only difference for me, and it's kind of, you know, chicken S of me. Cause I'm sitting there pounding the floor for last night. It was 120 innings and I'm talking about consistency, but skill set wise, I'll take last over Lopez, but Lopez is at least proven it. So I haven't met 12, I'm, a, I'm ready to be wrong on Pablo on the plus direction. That's for sure. Yeah. And Pablo is uh, going, I think he's the eighth pitcher off the board in, um, in, in gladiators, at least that's the ADP I've got up right now. Yeah, I, got, so, I got DCs. DCs. He's the ninth. Yeah. Too low people too late. Yeah. Move up. Move too him early. Up. We'll see. Um, I had Peralta, I had Peralta thirteen, so I already, I already, already talked about him. All right, well, my thirteen is Blake Snow, and so okay. um, that's why I just laughed. Like I'm close to you, I've moved him up and down a few times. I have shares of Blake Snow. I love what he did. He's done, and even this last year, like the innings is the joke. Like if he does 180 innings, he's two for two on Cy Youngs. This is great. Um, I think going to San Francisco is going to be huge for him. That's going to be great. Um, but with Snell, it was really fun when I had Kyle Bland on bench with Bubba on Thursday. 
because we talked about Snell and he he talked about the PLV stuff with his pitches and then the, the scatter plots and how he utilizes the zone. And like everyone says, well, he walks too many guys because if you look, he's always painting the corners and doing this and that. But in doing so, he also gets guys to, because it's so close to the strike zone, does get a lot of guys to swing and hit and get weak contact and get them out of problems. So it's like a risk reward he's willing to take on. And that's why he can be very successful certain starts and be a headache certain starts. But the fact he know, he's doing it on purpose is what I'm trying to say. And that means he's pitching. There's other guys that just can't control and they're like kind of hoping for a region of the strike zone. He's purposely trying to paint these corners because he's not going to blow it past you that often consistently, but he can at least pitch to you and make it work. And he proved that last year. Can he do it again? We'll see. If he could do it again, he'd already be signed for one for more than Yamamoto, and he'd probably be at least a top 10 pitcher for both of us, I'd imagine, if he could prove that we oh. were confident in him doing it again. Yeah. But, you know, that's the confidence factor, so I'm a 13. All right. Um, and I do think, like, so I, I do think um, with the Yamamoto signing, there were so many teams in on Yamamoto. Everyone else was in a holding pattern. Yeah. Maybe this is the optimism in me, but, like, I do think now that we're going to start seeing dominoes fall. The guy, the teams that were in on Yamamoto yep. are now looking at Snell, Jomo. I think you tweeted something to that effect. Yeah, I, said, I said that, that $300 million you wanted to give Yamamoto, give it to Snell yeah. and uh, Montgomery for like six years each or something. Your, let's just, in, let's go. In your yeah. Yamamoto signing rage. I honestly, uh, once they started saying over 10 years and over 300 million, I mean, dead serious. I didn't want anything to do with it. Just because, why are you giving this guy like he could be amazed? We've never seen it, and you're giving a guy that much money. That's just insanity to me. But I hope he's great for baseball. Who's your fourteen? All right, fourteen. Going with a guy who got an upside of the in the baseball forecaster of fifteen wins and a three twenty five ERA. Did I write his box? No, our friend Corbin Young wrote his box. I Mitch remember, Keller. Uh, <laughs> his box. Mitch, no, it's actually if uh, if Matt Veerling transformed into a pitcher from a position player it would be oh, uh no it's jesus lazardo for me yes yes, jesus yes, lazardo. yes. um the question with lazardo throughout his entire career has been volume and he answered it at least for one season but again what have you done for me lately how did you finish um jesus lazardo threw 179 innings and not only did he throw 179 the skills, save for a minor uptick in walks in the yeah. second half, the skills were strong. He missed just as many bats in the second half as he did in the first. Lazardo's velocity was the exact same from first to second half. So not only did he get to those 180, um, and maybe this is the, I'm making the Tyler Glass now case for you at this point because this is this is what happened with Jesus Lazardo last Wasn't year. Gonna, I'm gonna say it, but thank you. Um, it, ha it, it happened. It was, it was glorious. Um, I do think like HQ are projecting him at 360 ERA with 200 strikeouts. I think that's, that's great. He's 26 or could even be another level to Jesus Lazardo. So, um, I, I actually like Lazardo a, a lot at, uh, at, at 14, um, maybe more than Framber, but I don't know. That's why we do this exercise. Yep. Uh, if you want, I have Lazardo at 15. You okay. can put him there. I'll yeah. just add, I'll add on to that right now. Yeah, go uh, Originally, I had him around 20. I've moved him up like, weekly now, a little bit, a little bit. I've come to the conclusion that I'll probably have him in my top 10 by March. And if you want like a quote-unquote hot take right now, Jesus Lazardo will outperform Corbin Burns this year. Like I love what Jesus Lazardo is doing. Like, this, what, what, everything Ryan talked about, the improvements, this is a guy that just had some injury issues early, but still super, super young. 
the word everybody hates pedigree was there with Lazardo. He was a high draft pick. He was supposed to be this ace pitcher. He's coming into his own. Unlike AJ Puck, who was a teammate of his in Oakland, and then obviously in Miami too. Um, they're supposed to be like the one and the two. And Puck went a certain way. Lazardo got healthy and started doing it again. I love everything about the adjustments he made that Ryan mentioned, the improvements throughout the season, and the fact that he threw the innings last year was the biggest like because last year i was very nervous about him i don't think i had any shares i had to see it type thing we talk about that ryan like safer drafters compared to others but we saw it with the Zarda this last year and i'm in i am all in on him and he will outperform corbin burns this year he's my 15 i say i keep moving him up so it's a hot take now but by march it might be neck and neck on my draft board so yeah i like it i like it uh 14 i don't have a ton of analysis but that's where i have yamamoto I have Yamamoto okay. at 14. I was so torn because, we one, we talked about how so many of these guys can be intermixed, and you could argue certain spots in here. And, you know, this guy's been a, a Cy Young slash MVP type guy in Japan. If he's as good as advertised, heck, he should be a top five guy. He might be. Who knows? I don't know. So I'm putting him at 14. Um, I almost put Jesus over him. I almost put Yamamoto above Pablo. I sat there, and I, I've thought about this for a while, waiting for him to sign. It was very tricky. I don't have a ton of analysis on him because, again, I haven't seen the Dean guy. Like, I don't know. Uh, before he signed, I had him at 24. But I kept trying to think, where would I have him? Where would I? Because I couldn't put him in the top 20 without knowing where he signed. Yep. Dodgers, give him 14. Might be too low. We'll see. I probably won't have any shares this year, though. Um, given where I think Yamamoto will be going in drafts, you, I agree. You won't. Yeah. He's, he's going to skyrocket. Yeah, just... I, oh, well, I'll, I'll say this much. Uh, Frank uh, Stanfield tweeted this out. Because Eno Saris came out with an article about Yamamoto uh, earlier in December. So Frank tweeted this out, just a comparison of ADPs. It was pretty good. Um, so he said, uh, since Eno Saris released his Yamamoto article on December 12th, Yamamoto's DC ADP from October 1st when they started to December 11th, SP22. From uh, December 12th through December 21st, just nine days, the time after the article, already up to SP 14. Probably yeah. likely to keep. Probably likely to keep that. Does an eight eight person jump? It might keep going. You know, moving markets. Yeah, it's because no one knows. That's the thing that's so tricky. Nobody has any it. idea. It's a, and so to put that kind of early round faith in a guy that you have no, it's tough. It's real tough to do. And yep. uh, that's why I won't do it. I'm a I'm weakling like that. I mean, I think Yamamoto probably will end up third, fourth round in 15 teamers. And oh, yeah. I, I'm not going to do it, but I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I just, I, it's not the type of pick I'm going to make. Cause like I said, like you, we've both been saying we've never seen him. We're just going off of like, of, of articles and, and foreign stat translations, which is very risky business. Um, I had him out. I had Yamamoto outside. And so I, I had him on the list just now. He's my 17th. Um, ahead of mr glass now but he i i do think with with, with la like you, you do need to give some credit there so he's there yeah. he's there just as like a tip of the cap but i'm i'm not gonna end up with him in drafts just because i don't know it's not the way i not the way i roll not the way either of us roll pretty much all right uh my number 15 so you yeah you I talked have. about lizardo yep. um i'm going logan gilbert at 15. Nice. That's good. We I both have like... him. We both have him in our top 20. We had a listener ask, what's it going to take to get him into the top 20? Yeah. So that's yeah. the easy answer. And he, <laughs> and he is, yes. Yeah. Top 15 for, for you. For yeah. Me. He's in, yeah. Good. Um, volume King already 185. 
190 innings each of the last two seasons. The whip's been great. It's funny. We talk about the George Kirby split finger before. Guess who debuted a new split finger the entire season in 2023? Threw it 15% of the time with a 20% swinging strike rate, which is elite. Uh, that would be Logan Gilbert. So um, that that also, I think, bodes well for George Kirby, just being on the same staff. And those guys are working with each other all the time. Same pitching development crew behind them. Um, it worked for Kirby to increase not only the, uh, the swinging strike, but got a few more points in um, strikeout rate. The control is, isn't Kirby S, but the control is really good. I do think Logan Gilbert, like I would not draft a team with Kirby and Gilbert. They're too much of the same type of guy. Uh, but I think if you compare Logan Gilbert uh, with even like, even like a Blake Snell um, and Aaron Nola, more volume guy that's going to get strikeouts. I think that's a great way to, to start your staff. Don't disagree. Who's your 16? Your boy. <laughs> Logan Webb. Logan Webb. Yeah. Logan Webb. Um, and the reason he's not higher is just because the strikeouts. So um, I think is his, his second, his his ERA last year, I don't have it offhand. It was like low threes. It was the worst ERA that he's had the last three years. Just a ground ball machine. Like he, I mean, I'm sure you have Webb somewhere soon, so I won't steal your thunder, but uh, yeah, go for it. He's, uh, he is. He's not only 16th, but he's like, I just feel solid as hell with Logan Webb. And I think you can get him in the fifth or sixth round of 15 teamers right now. I don't really see that rising. Like, I don't feel like Logan Webb's a riser type of guy. He's just kind of there. And uh, and I think we should be grabbing him without much hesitation at that point in the draft. Yeah, Logan Webb is my 17th. So I'll just talk about him real quick while we're on the topic. It's what you mentioned. And big thing is the workhorse mentality 192 innings and 216 innings the last two years. Uh, you mentioned that 325 ERA. It's been 325 or lower for three straight years, which is great. Strikeout rates over 20% three straight years. It came back up after a down 2022. And it's something I've talked about tons of times because he's always changing his pitch mix up. Uh, he's a ground ball machine. He's a pitcher. That's what he does. Like he, whatever the situation is, he basically pitches to it. So there's going to be some starts. He doesn't strike a bunch of guys out. Then there's other starts. He's going to get close to 10 games. Like that's just what he does. And that's what's fun about it. And uh, it's nice for fantasy because he's just going to get out there and, and deal. He's going to try to go at least seven every time out. And uh, that's that's a very powerful thing to have in your back pocket on your fantasy team. So, yeah, I got, I got Logan Webb at 17. Real quick, before we just to kind of break up player, 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 player. I posted this on Twitter the other day of, of the number of guys I'd feel confident in with an SP1. Put it at seven. What's your number? How many of these guys are you confident? Like if you're spending a top three round pick on a true anchor and everyone's definition of that is a little bit different, but like how far down your list are you kind of happy to take that guy as your SP one? That's probably six or seven. Cause I, I I'll stay six cause I won't have burns. So it'll be, Seventh, it'd be Kirby's the last guy on my list. Okay. I don't love it, but it's Kirby. Um, I think I've been stuck with Nola as my ace on one because I waited on pitching, but I went quickly to get Lazardo. So it's one of those type of things, but I'd say six or seven, give or take. Okay. That it's weird. Like, it, it, it's one of those I feel like you just got to start attacking pitching heavy if you don't get one of those top guys. Like, go hard. And, yeah. And I, I agree. And I think that is if you don't get one of those first six or seven that, that at least we've been talking about in our opinion, 
there are some options and different types of pitchers like these last few guys we've been talking about you do have kind of the volume control guys like your kirby your um logan gilbert your your logan webb but you can also pair those guys with some of the strikeout guys that we've been talking about as well so um it can be can easily be done well not easily but it can definitely be done to pair some of these guys in the tier 1b or tier 2 uh together and kind of make up for not getting a true quote-unquote ace if you want to start with uh bullying bats early in your draft yep it is a way to go about it uh my 16 and it was like web and this pitcher to me interchangeable but i went max freed at 16 okay and it's mainly for the better team context and um there is a little bit actually more consistent strikeout upside with max freed uh compared to logan webb but it you know everyone will say 77 innings last year but we talked about this on the review show prior to that he had the innings increase he was he was a hoss in that road in that rotation era 255 last year 248 304 225 like those are pretty dang elite uh from max freed the whips are usually pretty awesome as well as so the ratios are great. Just a matter on everything else you get with Max Freed and his strikeout rate increased as he came back healthy off the IL in the second half of the season, went from like 24% to 26. Doesn't seem like a lot, but over a full season that adds up in a big, big way. So uh, I, I like Max Freed. Like he's a guy that I think I had closer to a top 10 pitcher last year and then he got hurt. So it kind of sucked, but I've always been a big fan of Max Freed. He's boring, but if you need like some ratio help, uh, if like you missed an ace, you want some ratio help or something, Max Freed's a great guy to look at. We I think we've got our first pitcher that's not in our the other one's top twenty. So Ooh, Max Freed is not in my. Took a while. It did to go all the way to what seventeen before that happened. Uh, maybe we maybe we talk to each other too much. Imagine that. Maybe draft too much together. All those things. Um, I've got Freed according to my manual projections or whatever uh 24th so he's not that far out of the top 20 for me it's just it's the two forearm strains last year like yeah. i get if you can look past that because he did come back and and the season healthy um and that's big but uh that's really the the only reason why yeah. free's not in my top 20 that's fair that's fair now i'm curious to see these last three how we differ in these what do you got at 18 uh glass now <laughs> glass now 18 man that's uh what's his 80 what's his what's, oh, what's adp got him at i got i got it right here give me a second he is adp 44 he is the 10th pitcher like off nine ninth 10th pitcher yeah. yeah so i'm not getting any glass now and as i as i made my point earlier i'm fine with my number 18 is a pitcher that i wanted to push higher and i just might and that is Kode Singer. This guy, it, it was amazing last year. A sub three ERA, you know, the XERAs, XFIPs think he should have been almost a run higher. But um, a lot of that was obviously first half of the season was a big walk issue. And he increased that or fixed that, I should say, in a big way in the second half of the year. He went from a 13 or 12.3% walk rate in the first half to 9.6. He still went lower than 9.6. I'm not oblivious to that. But those kind of improvements in your first run in the bigs is huge in my mind. And um, that just points to hopefully bigger and better things to come from Kodak Singh. He threw almost 170 innings in his first time over here. 
just to do all those things he did to show the improvements, the comfortability, all that stuff in your first stint in the major leagues from overseas. Like this is what you should hope from Yamamoto, in my opinion. Honestly, like if he can put a single season oh, yeah. together this year, that's amazing. But the thing is, people are going to draft him ahead of that. That's like that's that's like we talked about our difficulty with Yamamoto. If he can do what Singa did, that's outstanding. Now, is that top ten worthy? Probably not, but still pretty dang good. It's close. It's close. pretty dang good. Pretty dang good. So I got Kota Singa at eighteen. He's a guy that I could easily see myself moving into a top like a Blake Snellish type pick. And uh, yeah, I like Kota Singa quite a bit. Um, I've got Singa twentieth. So I I'll just kind of piggyback a couple things. I don't see the walk rate improving. That's the big problem for me with Kode Senga. So like everything you just said about Senga, I, I agree with. Um, I just think you need to get, and this is another one. If you, if you wait and you can go, if you start with like three hitters and you want to get, so you don't get your quote unquote ace and you want to go two pitchers in the fourth and fifth round. Like I think a Logan, one of the Logans plus Kode Senga is like freaking sweet in the fourth and fifth. You, you combo those two guys, you get the strikeouts from Senga, you get the the volume and the ratios from Logan Gilbert or Logan Webb, something like that, um, I think can really work. Uh, so, yeah, I, li- I, I do like Senga a lot. I think the strikeouts are legit, but I do think the, the walk rate is also, unfortunately, legit in that I don't really see much improvement coming his walk or his ball percentage which is what i use to validate a walk rate your league average on that is 36 percent kota Senga had a 39 percent ball rate which he i mean he just doesn't consistently throw strikes enough for the walk rate to improve but again like you were saying i mean this was his first year in the states first year in new york city like if that does improve kota Senga could be top 10 pitcher but i just yeah. i can't i can't bank on it ADPs around 68 over the last month, right between Logan Gilbert and Logan Webb. Literally going right yeah. between the two. Yeah. So there you go. Who is your 19? Um, I have Grayson Rodriguez as my number 19 pitcher. Talked about him a couple weeks ago at some point. So I won't rehash ever. I'll just quick kind of quickly rehash everything. It's more just the version of of Grayson Rodriguez that we saw in the second half after he came back from the minors. First half was a disaster. Um, if that second half sticks for all of 2024, Grayson Rodriguez is a borderline top 10 pitcher. Yep. So, and, and you tack on the, the pro I mean, this was like the best pitching prospect in baseball. So it's not just some dude that had a hot second half. He had a hot second half, but he also like, I mean, the scouting reports on Grayson are, really really good so um I, I think if anything my 19th ranking on grayson i'm curious if he's even in your top 20 i think that's low like i don't think i'm getting much of grayson rodriguez this year yeah i'm at 21 and I, yeah. i've almost moved him up he got bumped out for Yama, he would have been 20 before yamamoto let's put it interesting that um i could see myself moving him up that's why it's just so tough because i want to move him up but then like do i really justify moving these other guys down they all feel so similar so it's kind of like a what are you looking for at this point in your draft like did you punt pitching are you looking for an sp2 uh what kind of things are you looking for as you draft and maybe maybe you need strikeouts and you want an upside for your sp2 so you go gracious Rodriguez over a web or a or gilbert okay that makes total sense i get it you want to go for the ceiling play 
Otherwise, it, it's kind of tricky. So I'm at 21, but again, a lot of time December 21st for that to change. Yeah. And th- and there, there's no battle there. Like putting no. putting Grayson at 19 and 21, we basically have the same. Like, yeah, when this next list is like section of the the pitchers. Like I'm going to ask you a few guys that neither one of us have afterwards. That I wanted to yeah. see where you have them. Yeah. Um, my 19th, we, we can kind of go through this pretty quick now. My 19th, Gilbert. Uh, we talked yeah. about him. Love Gilbert. I have no problem with Logan Gilbert. I agree with most things you said. Um, it's one of those I just kind of want to see it a little more. I trust what I saw these, other, but it's grasping their straws. So give me Gilbert there, and I'll say my number twenty is Framber. The second half scared me a ton, and I'm a huge Framber guy. That second half scared me a lot. Yep, I get it. I get it. It's kind of I don't know, and maybe I move Framber down a little bit. Talking through this with you because he's, he's, he's another accumulator guy. That's the only thing. Like I love yep. Framber, but so that just you were. Me I mean, you were all me. over him last oh, 100%. year. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So that's all. But yeah. All right. I want so to ask some you some differences, some some big differences, a lot a of few. consistency at the top. I, I keep I kept my support for Freddie. I like some people, but we're good there. Um, curious, where do you have Tariq Scoobal? Because that yeah, will be asked. That'll be asked. That will be asked. The fact we don't have him in the top twenty, so I just want to flat out ask now, where do you have him? Because I have him at twenty-two. So Tariq Scoobal, where the hell do I have him? I have him at twenty-seven. I, I'm not going to argue because I've the, he's been one of the hardest guys for me to rank. Tariq Skubal is the 12th uh, starting pitcher off the board, at least in Gladiators, so, you know, right around there. And neither of us have him in the top 20. It's, I mean, I can probably speak for you, but it's just the the, the injury. The only the, we're basically banking on like what we saw in two months from him. So there's that. It's basically he's basically Tyler Glass now. He is, except we've seen Glass not throw more innings, um, uh, and and we've seen even even in Glass now shorter seasons still be that kind of electric guy. Where we have not seen that from Scoobal yet. Um, and then another thing from Scoobal, Torres takes tweeted it out. Uh, the matchups that Scoobal had since he returned, pretty nice, pretty cupcakey. So let's put it that way as well. He had a nice schedule to finish out the season. So that was pretty big. He had that one Giants hangover game. I remember yes. that when That's they flew, when played like a morning game in Detroit on their way back from the West Coast. Yep. Um, and then after that, it's honestly, it's pretty kind of, you can mix and match a ton of guys. Do you have anybody that stands out? You're curious. So like, where do you have Cole Reagans for fun? Uh, Reagans, I've got 35th. I have 32. Um, the one guy that, so yeah, Scoobles the obvious one that neither of us mentioned that's in the top twenty. The other one is uh eighty at least what I've got ADP twenty one is Yuri Perez. I haven't twenty three. You think okay. So you, you obviously thought about him yep. putting him in. I've got him at twenty eight, so not too far off either. Yeah. So and like literally, so uh, you know, my stuff's free, people can read this. So it's like I go Scooble, Perez, Eflin, Ryan, Bybee, Bradish, Miller. That's my up to 28 so you play a lot of those guys ahead of them type thing it's probably a lot of mix and matching yeah i'll just list out let's see so after senga i've got joe ryan yeah zach efflin okay bobby miller merrill kelly max freed kyle bradish so yeah a lot of the guys same guys just yeah. we mixed and matched them it's kind of like we started out with a lot of this stuff is so interchangeable at a certain point um, and it gets even harder to rank these dudes farther down. Like, at least you have a spreadsheet that kind of spits things out for you. <laughs> I'm literally sitting here just like, I, I'll, I'll I'll copy and paste like chunks of pictures and keep moving things around. Like You're moving around. It's yeah. just uh, it's a, that's why people I just laugh. I'm like oh, this is so annoying, but that's it's necessary for me and for other reasons. So, 
Um, any final thoughts on the top 20 SP? It was, wasn't as dramatic as expected, but it was fun. There's a few moments there. But, yeah, we, had, uh, we had a few few disagreements. Glass now and I guess Freddie and Lopez. Yeah. yeah. But I still like Freddie. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm turning my back on Freddie and you're sticking uh, with him. It feels like you did, honestly. It's not good. No, no, it's not. And your Pablo take, like I I don't know if I could have him that high, but I, I understand where you're coming from. Like it's it's there, it's just yeah, that's a tricky one, but I get it. I get it for sure. But. So I'll post this. One of the questions in the uh, chat was, are we going to post this somewhere? I will post this out, either from the podcast account, which has had some issues lately. I don't know. Maybe just for mine. And so this will be out for everyone to to uh, check it out and debate. If there are questions on our rankings, we won't just say listen to the podcast. We do recommend you do. But we'll uh, we'll, we'll defend ourselves on there as well. Okay. Yamamoto details real quick. This came in as a pair of opt-outs. Uh, it's pending a physical, but 12 years, $325 million, which includes a $50 million signing bonus. 12 years, you said? Yes. That's why I said it'll be 37. It's, it's almost 10. 38. Wow. No, 12 years, 325, $50 million signing bonus, no deferred money, an additional $50.6 million posting fee. Yep. $50.6 million. So in theory, it's almost a four hundred million dollar deal, which which is almost Otani money. Yeah, the the, the with the without deferrals, that's almost Otani money. That's insane. Um, that's interesting. That's just, it's it's hard to just wrap your head around that. But uh, let's do a couple listener questions here before we head on out from this bad boy. Um, Thomas Travato did ask, "What would it take for Logan Gilbert to crack your top 20? Nothing, because he already, it already took. Yes, he's already there, my friend. Then our buddy uh, Colin My Shot has another good chart for us here. In 2023, only 15 starting pitchers uh, throwing 10 or more games started, averaged six innings or more per start. 12 of those 15 pitchers that accomplished that finished in the top 30 by Rasball Player Raider. Pitching deep into games seems important for both Ks and wins. Do you think this is a skill that can be counted on, or does it tend to regress to a stable league average? Good question. I would I would have not done the research, but I will now. Um, I'll check that out. I would think it's a skill. I mean, the ability to not only have a repertoire that works the third time through the order, have the ability to <laughs> to not be Blake Snell and have efficient pitch counts and throw strikes. That's a skill. We know that. So the two main building blocks of being able to uh, pitch deeper into games are skills. So thus, I do think. Uh, I think those are skills, but I'll run the numbers as well. That's a good stat to look at. Um, well, if, if you look at the list, if you look, if you look at the list here, these are guys that have proven it. So that's kind of the topic we've talked about throughout the show. Cole, Alcantara, Webb, Framber, Woodruff, Pablo Lopez, Wheeler, Kirby, Burns, Nola, Gallon, Keller, Verlander, Bieber, Bassett. Almost, I'd say 10 of those guys at least were on our list. Like those yep. are proven, proven dudes. So... Yep. And the other thing I'll mention, talked about Otuma the other day. Um, read his uh, like starting pitchers or a balloons article. It kind of talks about that kind of mindset to have when you're drafting guys. Uh, it doesn't break it down like Ryan will probably look into, but it gives you a nice an idea about skill sets and guys that have done it and the stretching out process and that kind of stuff. Like Glass now is a broken popped balloon. That's a tough argument. But like your Coles and even maybe your Pablo Lopez and some guys. Uh, Wheeler's a great example. Those are like a proven balloon. If you want to know what that all means, go read the article. It's for free on Tuma's stuff. It's really, really, it was kind of eye-opening. A lot of it has to do with age. I'm going to say that much. A lot of age things there. 
All right, that'll do it, my friends. Uh, another episode in the books. We'll have uh, two episodes for y'all next week. But uh, I'll say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? No, back at you, my friend. And yeah. to all the listeners as well, enjoy the uh, the weekend, Christmas, uh, whatever, wherever we all celebrate. Just enjoy the time. And we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back Tuesday. And I'm going to Virginia next Wednesday. But we'll get a couple shows out for you guys next week so yeah yep. we'll take care of you we'll get you guys covered to the new year and then we'll start getting you ready for 2024 in a big way so just oh don't, yeah don't we've, got, we've got big plans previews and bloom boards are going coming in full swing this year uh, i always start them back up like in earnest right after new year's so uh we'll have plenty plenty to talk i'm, I'm really looking forward to uh we kind of made it through not the not the like doldrums but like because i i mean we live this stuff but it's going to be fun once we get back in January. Like baseball will be at the top of mind. Football will be in the rear view, and it's just a fun time. Yep, it's going to be great. So make sure y'all follow Ryan on Twitter at RyanBHQ, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. I'm at BD Entrick. Until next time, this is Bubba the Bloom, episode 93. Catch y'all later. Um.